Welcome to Journey to Esquire, the podcast. I'm Jocelyn Hardrick, founder and president of Diversity Access Pipeline, Inc., the company behind this podcast and other great programs like Journey to Esquire Scholarship and Leadership Program, which provides $2,000 cash scholarships to third-year law students and internships to second-year law students, along with leadership training and mentors. And Journey to Esquire, the blog, which provides insightful articles to help navigate you through law school and beyond. Find out more on our website, www.journeytoesquire.com. Hey, have you heard about Anchor? It's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that let you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, just like I'm doing now. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so you can hear it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to another great bonus episode from Journey to Esquire, the podcast. In this episode, we're going to hear part one of a two-parter. We're sharing with you the remarks made from the class of 2019 graduation. These students are part of the pilot program. And in this part, you're going to hear from Jocelyn Hardrick, the founder, Samaya Sala, the co-chair of the committee that started a pilot program, Valeria Obi, the president of the George Edgecombe Bar Association, who served as our pilot program partner. And you're going to hear from three of our students, Luis Aleman, Tiffany Colon, and Brittany Lainez. And finally, we'll also hear from the very awesome Deanna Singh, JD MBA, who is our keynote speaker for the graduation. Enjoy. Good evening, everyone. Thank you so much for coming. I'm Jocelyn Hardrick. I'm the founder of the Diversity Access Pipeline. I'm so excited. I thought no one was coming today. <laughs> Just like with the interviews, but we'll talk about that later. So I'm going to show a brief video um, about the Diversity Access Pipeline program, and then another brief video, and then we're going to go into um, remarks by Valeria Obi, who's the president of the George Edgecombe Bar Association. We will have our student presentations in the order that's in the program, and a keynote address by the lovely Deanna Singh, who has some juicy stories about me, I'm sure, to share. <laughs> And I will give closing remarks. So let's get into the video.
So what do you think? So those were the lovely ladies of DAP. Those were some of our students. Those are specifically the scholars. You're gonna be hearing from one of our participants today who's been brave and is gonna share his story. Um, and um, unfortunately, my um, co-chair, Sumeya Saleh, could not make it here today. But she has sent a video message, so that's what I'll play for you now. Sorry I couldn't be with you tonight, but I'm so incredibly excited to be participating in the first ever DAP graduation. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Sumeya Saleh, and this year I co-chaired the Diversity Access Pipeline along with its incredible visionary and founder, Jocelyn Hardrick. We're gathered this evening to celebrate the amazing accomplishments of the inaugural DAP class. But before I get to them, I just want to take a moment to acknowledge Jocelyn for all of the hard work that she put in to making sure that the program was a, was a success and to ensure its success into the future. Jocelyn saw a jarring problem in the legal profession, a jarring lack of diversity in all of its forms, and she decided to do something about it. Um, and I really, really, really commend her for that. And I was incredibly excited and enthused when she came to me with her idea for DAP about a year ago, it was, I think. Um, DAP has a really bright future ahead of it, and I'm so honored to be working alongside someone that is so intent on making sure that the program succeeds. The Diversity Access Pipeline is very near and dear to my heart because in the DAP scholars and the students who, who we hope to recruit in the coming years, I really see myself. Um, just under four years ago, I graduated from Western Michigan University Cooley Law School in Tampa. And I spent the first three odd years of my practice in Tampa. First, I worked as a staff attorney at the 13th Circuit Court. And then I proudly, proudly served as an assistant public defender in Tampa. Now I'm in Tallahassee working at the Southern Poverty Law Center toward criminal justice reform, which has also been an incredible experience in and of itself. Um, truth be told, I encountered a number of obstacles during my first couple years of practice. And much of what we teach the DAP scholars throughout the DAP program through the curriculum that um, we've designed, that, that Jocelyn has worked hard to put together, um, I had to learn a lot of those lessons on myself. And in some instances, I was fortunate enough to have mentors to help guide me through the way. But the DAP program really gives um, students entering the profession the tools that they need to help them overcome the obstacles that they encounter in the first couple of years of practice. And some of the DAP, the DAP scholars that you're going to hear from this evening already know where they're going to be um, post-graduation and some of them, like I was when I was in their shoes, are still trying to figure it out. Um, but in any event, um, I am so confident that in a few short years I'm going to be reading and hearing about all of their incredible accomplishments as young lawyers. 
I've been privileged to get to know the DAP scholars, participants, and interns, and I was so incredibly impressed with them when they interviewed for the program at the end of last summer. My amazement with them has only grown over time, believe it or not. Um, I see in each of them a burning desire to succeed and a ferocity of spirit that will help them, will, that will surely help them overcome the obstacles that they will likely encounter in the first couple of years of practice. Even from a distance since I left Tampa, I've been amazed and inspired by the thoughtful reflections that they've written about the modules that they've attended over the year. I really wish I was with you this evening to watch the presentations. I have just one request of you. As you listen to the DAP scholars speak, I urge you to consider what you can do in your practice or your voluntary bar association to create space for these rising stars as they enter the pipeline to help ease their transition from law school to practice and to ensure that the Tampa Bay community really benefits from their addition to it. Because I promise you, you have a lot of untapped potential in that room with you tonight. I really hope you enjoy the program. Now I'm going to welcome up Valeria Obi, president of the George Edgecombe Bar Association, who is our partner for the pilot program. After Valeria speaks, we'll go right into the student presentations, and Luis Alamán will be going first. Thank you. Thank you. Good evening, everybody. Like Jocelyn said, my name is Valeria Obi, and I have the privilege of serving as president of the George Edgecombe Bar Association this year. Um, and so one of my themes going into my presidency was making leadership a lifestyle. So when Jocelyn came to me with this idea, I was like, oh, this is perfect because it fits with my theme. Um, and the program that she outlined was just incredible and was something that I wish that I had as a law student, honestly. Um, and so... I hope that you guys took a lot out of this program and that you've learned from each of the modules. I had the opportunity to um, be a panelist at one of the modules, um, and so I know that you guys got a lot out of a lot of different things each month, the mentorships, um, all that kind of stuff. So I really, truly hope that you took something out of it, that you used what you got to apply to your careers once you do graduate. Um, and, of course, come back and join Diva and start your own programs and different things like that. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, so I, I just want to be brief, but I just want to say congratulations. We're looking forward to giving you your five seconds of fame at the banquet to highlight you guys to everybody. So um, thank you. Congrats. Good luck with the bar and come back and see us. Use Jiba as a resource. We're here for you. A lot of the attorneys are here for you. We want to help you. Um, so definitely don't be shy to reach out to us about anything because that's what we're here for. So thank you. Hello, I'm Luis. <laughs> um, I don't have much of a presentation, but I do want to tell you what the DAP program uh, meant to me. Um, when I applied for DAP, I was interested in access to the curriculum, modules, speakers, and mentors. I approached DAP as an opportunity for an intro introverted person like me to push out of my comfort zone and do more in law school than hope I never got cold called in class. <laughs> DAP gave me what I was seeking, opportunities to grow but in a setting with people I could relate to. I remember I was so nervous before the group interview, I was literally, until the last minute, debating myself whether I would go or not. I would say, what does it matter if I go or not? It's not for a job. It's not for a huge sum of money. Blow it off. Save yourself the stress. 
But I knew, I felt in my stomach, if I didn't go, I would feel like I failed myself. So I went, and I didn't have anything prepared for the presentation portion of the interview, so I winged it. Um, if you ask me, my presentation had to have been terrible. But still, I felt comfortable knowing that I went and I didn't stay at home thinking, what if? This was uh, the first opportunity that, that, ga that DAP gave me, and I'm very happy I took it. I was delighted to receive an email a week later inviting me to participate in the Diversity Access Pipeline pilot program. Uh, due to funding, I wasn't able to get a scholarship to go towards bar prep materials, but that wasn't ever what I wanted. I wanted things money couldn't buy, a mentor who I could trust and relate to, speakers who are insightful, accomplished, and who have faced and still face some of the challenges that, I've, that I have experienced thus far and have yet to see. I grew up in South Florida as the only child to Guatemalan immigrants. My mom made it to what would be an associate degree and my father didn't finish middle school. The first language I learned was Spanish and in school nobody could say my name right. <laughs> For a long time I didn't understand why some people would look at me funny or I didn't get why people thought tortillas and black beans were so funny to eat. These are challenges that some people can't understand no matter how hard they may try, no matter how genuine they're being. I think sometimes you have to know struggle in order to understand struggle, and that gave me comfort that I was around others who knew struggle just as I knew it. DAP gave me a lot of purpose, and I enjoyed every module I participated in. I never left Tampa thinking to myself, wow, I really wasted my time tonight. <laughs> Each module was a new and unique opportunity for me to grow. We touched on leadership, mental wellness, federal clerkships, mentorship, community service, and more. After the module would end, instead of leaving Tampa tired, I felt energized and I felt alive. I'd drive home with the windows down, music up, cruising, and filled with satisfaction. <laughs> I will miss participating in DAP, so thank you, Jocelyn, and all those who helped put the program together. Thank you to the module speakers and presenters who dedicated their time to DAP. I do have one last thing to say. I almost didn't make it out here today, not because of the nerves I felt during the presentation at the interview, but because today is a sad day for me. My close friend Miguel passed away a year ago today in Orlando. As some of you may know, <clears throat> I have a huge interest in immigration law and my friend Miguel was a dreamer. He had received DACA status many years ago and wanted nothing more than to stay in this country. He had been here for over 15 years. He supported his mom and his little sister. He worked two jobs. I came uh, to law school to help people like him, and even though ultimately he wasn't able to follow his dreams, <clears throat> I would like to speak into this room and into the universe that I'll follow my dreams for the both of us. Thank you. Hi, everybody. My name is Tiffany Colon. I'm a 3L at Stetson University. And these are just two of the pictures that you guys saw in our presentation at the beginning, so I wanted to include them. So I kind of organized my, my presentation by the modules that we did over the, sem or the semester and last semester as well. I paired up l lawyer wellness and time management together because I felt like they were, they complemented each other so well, at least for me personally, because I felt like the better I managed my time, the more I had to focus on my mental health. Um, 
the culture of law school and I feel the legal profession in general is very competitive. It's kind of like a rite of passage who can lose the most sleep to fix or finish whatever they have to do, Who's, who can work the hardest and, you know, not spend as much time on their social life because they have other work obligations. So I feel like it's this constant battle of trying to balance your professional success and your mental health. Sometimes it doesn't always balance out. As you can see, the scale is like kind of tipping. Um, and I feel like even in law school, that's happened a lot to me so far. So my goal as I go out and I practice in the legal profession is to make sure for the most part, that they are balanced. Um, and so I mentioned diversity, and I don't want to sound negative, but a lot of the things that make us diverse are also the things that have had to, um, required us to overcome a lot, of, a lot of adversity. So for most of us, you know, we are either first-generation students, whether that be high, finishing high school, finishing undergrad, going to law school. I don't think there's one person in my family that went to law school. I was the first person in my immediate family to finish high school. Some people have families that aren't even the, in the United States. They're, you know, their family immigrated here to provide a better life for them. So a lot of the things that make us diverse are also some of the things that have not set us back, but we have had to overcome a lot of obstacles while we were you know, going through whatever path in life. And mental health awareness in the profession, I don't feel like is at the place where it should be. I think a lot of people minimize it. So this module was probably my favorite module because I felt like we talked about a lot of the things that we shy away from in law school. Um, we don't really see it as important as it really is. So I enjoyed this module a lot. Until the legal profession gets to that point, there are a couple of things that I've learned over this DAP experience that I've learned to implement in my own life. And even so much as getting enough sleep, knowing when to say, okay, I have to stop doing this because I'm not putting in the, the right kind of work that I should be in order to prepare whatever this work is that I have to do. So just learning how to say no and learning when to shut down and just take your time to yourself. And exercising, staying active, I think that's really important. Eating the right kinds of food. I've noticed when I eat bad, I feel bad. So that's something that I've tried to um, implement in my life. And also sticking to your priorities. There have been a lot of instances this semester where I feel like I wanted to do something else that was important to me, but I felt like I couldn't because I had some type of obligation to do. But I think it's important to remain confident in your priorities. And I think people will, will respect you for that as well. So diversity, to me, it sets us apart, not back. Um, working in an environment and among people that are similar to you and can understand you is important to me. And that's something that I've learned throughout this experience is I don't want to work in a place where diversity to my bosses is just some type of quota that they have to meet. I want them to really you know, recruit actively people that are exhibiting and have diverse backgrounds. So. I put that people with diverse backgrounds don't need pity, we need support, we need you to understand where we come from, and the best way to understand it is to be aware of it. So I think that's something that needs to be discussed in the legal profession, because if you're not aware of it, you can't understand it, and if you can't understand it, you can't help people. So. I think diversity fosters a lot of mutual respect, and I think it makes your company a lot better, too, when you promote diversity 
within your company and within your legal field, in the legal field, um, I think people tend to get along better when you can understand where everybody comes from. So before, you know, I never really thought of diversity and what it means to me when I go out and I start working, but after being able to be in a setting where there are other students that face similar obstacles as you and have kind of similar goals because of where they come from, I've realized that that is something that I want to continue to surround myself with. We had a module on federal judicial clerkships, and I think for me, what I took out of was no matter what route you go in life, you can still be successful either way. So we had two speakers that either did a federal judicial clerkship first, and then they went into you know private practice, or they did the opposite. And both of them had different things that worked for them, but at the end, both of them were really satisfied where, where they ended up in life. So this module taught me a lot about being open-minded, and not just you know your occupation, but location as well. I think it's important to stay open-minded and maybe you didn't think that you were going to end up in a different city, but maybe that's what's best for you. So keeping an open mind was something that I took away from this federal judicial clerkship model. We had another module on leadership and paying it forward and I paired these two up as well. My sponsor is the St. Pete Bar Association, and I got the opportunity to sit in a board meeting, and I thought it was really interesting because it opened up a leadership perspective that I never thought of before. They talked about their budgets and the different programs that they were going to put on for their members and what the different topics were going to be, what the topics they thought were important, and men excuse me, mental health was one of them that they thought was important to talk to with the members. And I realized that you really are put in a position to help a lot of people and to bring awareness about different topics to a lot of people as well. So I, before going to a, a bar, or an, excuse me, a board member, a board meeting, I didn't think that that was something that I'd be interested in. But after going to this, I thought, okay, you know, this is, this is one way. There are many ways to reach a big audience, but I think this would be a good way, especially to focus in on the legal profession and things to help le the legal profession. So I could definitely see myself, you know, getting involved in local um, minority um, bar associations. So I know, you know, Hispanic bar association, things to surround myself with people that I feel are similar and even branching out and going into to other bar associations where there's other diverse people to share my experience with. And aside from helping law students from with different diverse backgrounds, so after graduation, I, I'm going to be a prosecutor. And I not just within the legal profession, but I think as a prosecutor, you have tremendous power to help the community in general. A lot of groups that are marginalized tend to go in the criminal justice system at a lot, a lot more frequently than other people. So as a prosecutor, that's been something that I want to work towards to make sure that everybody's being treated fairly and equally because statistics show that they're not. And the last module that I'm going to talk about is mentoring. Before DAP, mentoring wasn't something that was a priority. Having a mentor wasn't a priority. I figured, okay, I can kind of get through this myself. And when you hit law school or even undergrad, you kind of realize that you can't do that because there are a lot of it, it makes things a lot easier when you have somebody that can kind of help you maneuver your way through law school. Um, and so I loved my mentor. My mentor is Janine. And I liked it because we didn't just talk about things that pertain to the legal profession. We talked about a lot of personal things. And so I think it's good to have somebody that you can go to for advice on jobs or you know your friends, anything in your life that you feel you're having difficulty with. 
And so now I know how, it, since it's helped me, that's something that I want to do. And staying involved in DAP and helping other law students that are in the same or are in the same position that I was once in, I think it would be beneficial for them to know that, hey, you're not the only person going through this. There are a lot of other people going through this, and you're going to see the light at the end of the tunnel. You just have to get there, and I'm here to help you get there. So thank you, Jocelyn, for being a mentor, and thank you for giving us all of these speakers that have mentored us through our law school journey. It's been so helpful. So that is the end of my presentation. Hello, everyone. My name is Brittany Argentina Lainez, and I am a DAP scholar. Um, I attend Western Michigan University Cooley Law School, and I graduate in April. Thank God. The worst is over. I put Green Day because it speaks to me a little bit, so I'll put it as a background music. Let me just turn it down because I make it distract. I'll jam it. I'll jam it with you guys. Um, oh, sorry. <laughs> so um, I put this picture in because I am my ancestors' wildest dreams. Um, both of my parents are Honduran immigrants, and they immigrated here in the 1980s. They had, they met here, um, they met here, and they had me and my sister, and they sacrificed everything for me to be here. And just like the book highlighted, um, my parents sacrificed everything for me to be here, and they crossed the border so I can cross the stage. Um, so with my presentation, I will be talking about my law school journey, and I also will be talking how diversity access pipeline helped me feel like I'm a capable, how will make, will make me feel like I, am a capable, I will be capable as an attorney. Prior to law school, I would think to myself that I don't belong here. Oh, <laughs> I talk fast, I'm sorry. Uh, I get nervous, guys. Okay, okay, it's fine. Okay, okay. It's okay, you're among my friends. Okay, yeah, my friends. Prior to law school, I would think to myself that I don't belong here. But my mom and dad did not sacrifice everything for me to ask what ifs. And they put all their hard work and energy for me to follow my dreams. After much contemplation, I decided to take the risk and volar alto, and that means to fly high. My parents scrapped the money for a U-Haul truck and helped me move to my now beloved Plant City. And I will never forget their act of love and kindness as they moved my heavy queen-size bed to my second floor apartment. <laughs> and at that moment, I knew I had to make them proud, and I just had to figure out how. And needless to say, I survived my first day of law school, and I didn't get called on. <laughs> and after my first class, I quickly drove to USF, not to read, but to see none other than see Hillary Rondam Clinton. Uh, no politics aside, but it meant a lot to me. <laughs> it meant a lot to me. Um, and it was quite motivating to see a woman run for president and it was a memorable first day of law school. Now this street means a lot to me. Being new to Tampa meant that every day, um, every day was an adventure and an, op an opportunity to explore this wonderful city. My dad, along with my sister, drove up here, back here after my first week of law school, and he took me and my sister and I to dinner, and we drove around downtown. And I will see the street signs that directed the traffic to the United States District Courthouse. 
and I was mesmerized because I drove past the federal courthouse and I told myself that one day I will get to work there. And why do I tell this story? It's because anything is possible if you set your mind to it. I am a judicial intern for the Honorable um, Judge Purcelli, and um, so if anything is possible if you set your mind to it. So this is my life, and still is my life, in GIFs. Um, so, it's gonna get worse, guys, because. But as the song by Fort Minor says, it's 10% luck, 20% skill, 15% concentrated power of will, 5% pleasure, 50% pain, and 100% reason to remember the name. I knew I had to work extremely hard to prove myself. And for a year, I had to study, read, and memorize. I was in competition with myself. And I got, I made the dean's list my first year of law school because of it. And dreams don't work unless you do. After my first year, I wanted to have practical experience before entering the workforce as an attorney. And I didn't know anyone when I moved here, and I had to start from scratch. I tried to make as many connections as, uh, I tried to make as many connections as I could make. It was difficult at times because imposter syndrome would get the best of me. And I would be reserved and shy and less outgoing. And to stop that feeling, I would go to networking events and I, will also make an, I also made an effort to intern at various places. In essence, I had to hustle hard. So um, my first internship was the Council of American Islamic Relations where I was exposed to, um, to immigration. Um, and then I had my big break um, at the Middle District, <laughs> at the United States District Courthouse, thanks to my friend, Laura Bear, uh, who's here. Um, and then from then on, I, it opened the door to many opportunities. One day, I was scrolling through Facebook, procrastinating. <laughs> um, and I happened to see an ad that was sponsored by Diversity Access Pipeline, and I decided to apply. I quickly typed an essay, typed an essay before the five o'clock deadline, and little did I know, I, gained more, I, was gonna gain, I was going to gain more knowledge than I could ever gain. I felt that I was gonna be mentored, I, I was gonna be mentored by two respectable attorneys, both Jocelyn and Samaya, who in my eyes were paving the way for us. And they were making, they were helping us and giving us per, their pearls of wisdom. And I realized that DAP was a holistic program. And they helped, they kept on sending job listings. They would, before I would send a cover letter or resume, they would look at it. Uh, Ms. Jocelyn would look at it. Ms. Samea provided insight for a job interview that I had. And she also took time out of her Saturday to do a mock interview with me. And they are literally my wing women, my wing women. <laughs> I 
Academics was also a big part of our program, and we had a bar prep, recently we had a bar prep seminar. It was scary at first, it was eye-opening, um, but it was motivating, and we were told that we had to change our mindset. We also attended a legal writing seminar, and Ms. Jocelyn is an amazing teacher. <laughs> And my favorite modules were the wellness modules and the time management and diversity modules. And my favorite one was the wellness one because we were given advice on how to be healthy while being a lawyer. Time management was also, um, was also a big module that I really liked. And it gave me a perspective on like how to work hard, you know, I actually, and how to time management, how to manage time more efficiently as an attorney and as a law student. And the diversity module made me feel like I wasn't alone. And this is a collage of my family and my friends who are my big motivators in my life. Um, my grandma who recently passed um, this Christmas, um, I carry her name. Her name is Argentina as well. And um, I do, I wake up every day and I hope to make them proud. And it's moments like these that I want, that I strive for. My mom is my treasure and it's all about, it's all about making her happy. And I can't wait to see her tears of joy when my sisters, when I graduate and when I'm being sworn in. So I would like to say thank you to Ms. Jocelyn for now for helping me not feel nervous and uh, Ms. Samaya and all the mentors who helped out. Thank you. called me and told me about this program and I was like what you need what you need where how can I help right because immediately when she started talking about this program I thought back to my own experience um, as a law student I will tell you this story because you'll appreciate this right I was the first in my family to go to college for a lot of us I've been the first right 
And I remember when I got into to law school, we were on Fordham's campus, you know, like you, you, the, in the movie, somebody opens the letter, you know, I was like, oh, this is thin, right? You know, <laughs> I was like, oh, geez, oh, geez. Like, I'm so nervous. I was sitting on this park bench. And I remember like opening up the letter. And when I opened up the letter, you know, it said, you got accepted into Georgetown Law. And I was so excited, right? So I called my parents and they were like, and I'm like, Mama, get Danny on the phone, you know? My dad gets on the phone, what's your matter, Diana? My dad's Indian, my mom's African-American, right? So what, Diana, what do you want? I'm busy, right? And my mom's like, what you want, girl? You know, like they're, so both of them are on the phone, and I had called uh, 1-800-COLLECT because uh, that's how it you did back in the day, right? So they're on the phone, and, and I would always, you don't know this, but I would call Collect, and I'd be like, Mommy and Daddy, it's me, call me back, hang up, and then I have to call back, right? So I'm on the phone, I'm so excited, and I'm like, guess what? I got into law school. And they're like, my dad's like, wait a second. Come here. I said, get down. You know, my mom's like, hold on, girl. My greens ain't ready. What'd you say? You know, I'm like, I got into law school. And they're like, what? What? You failed? And I was like, no, I, like, it's a good thing. You know, and they're like, what you going to do in law? Why, why are you doing, you I mean you got more school? You know, it was just like, so this like, I went from this like moment of like, oh my gosh, to this like trying to explain to them. And I think still to this day, they're like, why are you in school again? You know, like, so it was just a, it was a weird experience. And I remember the first day that I was on the law school campus, kid you not, I get there and I got there like a couple days before classes started. Well, I walk onto campus, first time I've ever been onto the campus. It's, I actually thought the campus was at the main center. It's not. Turns out it's like at the, right? So didn't even know where my campus was. I get there and I come up to the building and everybody is walking around in a suit. So what do I do? I call my mama. I didn't even know this, but they have a uniform at law school. <laughs> she was like, what's the uniform? I'm like, everybody wears a black suit. Mama, I don't have a black suit. She was like, well, go get it. And I went and got a $15 black suit. I don't know if you know Fascination, right? But that was the, the right? So I went and got a 15 Because I thought, like, you had to have a uniform. Turns out it was the two and three L's, and they were there for interviewing. <laughs> this, is, this just shows you, like, the lack of knowledge, right, that I had going into law school. And so when Jocelyn told me about this program, I was like, anything you want. Like anything I could do to help you, because I remember how terrified I was and how paralyzing it was for me, right? And how and how out of out of water I felt, but also how out of water my whole family felt, right? The whole thing about it, and to be able to be in a program with other people who look like me, who had the same experiences, who could tell me I didn't need my little fifteen dollar, you know, <laughs> uniform, right? Would have been so. It would, have been, it would have been a game changer for me. And I did end up finding those people, right? And it was, it was informal, and it was trinkles, and it was um, unintentional. And, and, and they came to me, right? And it was the spirit that kind of helps guide and move that pathway. But to have somebody with intention, and then to have somebody with the kind of caliber of Jocelyn is like, I'm, I'm jealous. <laughs> what I will tell you about my dear friend Jocelyn. So we were in undergrad together, right? And so there should be like all these crazy whatever stories. And we have funny things, you know. We, we lived with seven girls in our junior and senior year. So yes, we have some stories to tell. <laughs> but actually what I wanted to share with you is that one of the things I always have appreciated and can tell in the comments that you made here today is that whenever I went to Jocelyn and had a question, I knew even if what she was going to say might hurt a little bit, she was always going to be honest, right? So if there was something that I was like, oh, right? I was like, man, I'm going to go ask Jocelyn. 
And I go, and she give me the look. You know this look. Do you know that look? Am I right? And she does this thing where she like, I don't know, like suck her t- but she just she just gives you this look, and I'm like, okay, okay, brace yourself, brace yourself. And then she tell me, and I might be mad for a minute, but I still reflect back on the things that Jocelyn was honest with me about when other people wouldn't. And I think the reason why she was honest is because she cares. She doesn't do this program for money. She's not doing it for notoriety. She's not doing it because she th- she's doing this because she genuinely cares about you and about the other people who are going to come through this. And you don't always get to meet that level of authenticity, and you don't often get to see it over decades, and you don't get to see it mature. And so for me, um, it's just a joy to be here. It's a joy to see the impact that you're having, and it's a joy that all of that beauty and intelligence and all of those things that you have put it into a place and into a, a spot where you could bless other people. That's dope, girl. I'm glad you're my friend. There's a, there's a face on it, right? And there's a tail on it. And I want you to remember where you've been. It's really important. You were DAP students. You were graduates. You were, you were grandchildren. You are daughters and sons of. Where you've been is really important. And where you're going is really important, too. Because where you're going is a place where a lot of us haven't been before. And I want you to go and bring all your value there. It's just a little gift from me. I'm very proud to be in this room among so many amazing leaders. I'm proud to hear what you're gonna do. I hope to be able to support you in some way down your career, be like, I knew her, I knew him. I gave him a quarter. (laughs) Right? Um, because, Because I know that wherever it is and whatever you end up doing is gonna be extraordinary. So thank you very much for spending some time with me. You know, earlier I said I was afraid no one was going to come. I felt like that during the interviews. <laughs> you heard the students say, um, there were a lot of requirements. They want essays. And so I was like, maybe I made it too tough, you know. Um, I started that because I wanted to create a program that filled the gap. You've heard a lot of that today. The gap in the skills you learn in law school, the gap in diversity, um, the imposter syndrome that starts to settle in, even though, as you can tell, these students are outstanding, aren't they? They're outstanding. And yet, (laughs) they still doubt themselves, just like I doubt myself sometimes. But I wanted to train students who would become lawyers who lead, mentor, and inspire. Are we on our way to that? Yes, absolutely. I'd like to give a special thanks to all of our supporters especially our JD-level sponsors, U.S. District Courts, Middle District of Florida's Bench Bar Fund, and Agape Christian Bar Preparation Services, Inc., for their generous support. I'd also like to thank WMU Cooley Law School, Tampa Bay Campus, for providing a space for the recording of several of the episodes of this podcast. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to another great episode of Journey to Esquire, the podcast. Support, share, subscribe. And for more, visit www.journeytoesquire.com.